1: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Sienna & Co Swimwear. Summer is here, and with summer comes swimsuit shopping, which for me can be a real struggle. As a mom, I want a swimsuit that is practical and flattering, but also feminine and fun. Something with good coverage so I can feel confident running and playing with my kids, but also fashionable so I can feel confident lying by the pool with a book. Sienna & Company is a new line of swimwear that is ethically made in the United States, provides more coverage than the average swimsuit, and is made of recycled materials. The designs are very versatile, made to be worn and loved, and to be a swimsuit you actually look forward to wearing. I love the backstory of this female-founded small business. The designer, Catherine Huss, got to study abroad in Siena, Italy, where she was inspired by St. Catherine of Siena and the beauty and femininity of the Italian women she met. Catherine has always struggled to find a swimsuit that provided the amount of coverage she would feel comfortable and confident in, while being high quality and made with fair labor. Sienna and Co. swimwear was born out of this need. Sienna and Company's most popular swim top is the reversible wrap top, which is the swimsuit I got. It can be worn with a crisscross in front, which makes it especially great for nursing moms, or you can flip it around and wear it as a high neck in the front for a bit more coverage. They also have a swim dress, swim skirt, and swim shorts, and the tops and bottoms are mix and match, so you can find the look that's perfect for you. You must see these beautiful swimsuits for yourself, so go right now to their website, sienna-co.com, and use the code 3in30 for free shipping on your order. That's S-I-E-N-A-C-O.com, coupon code 3in30. Happy Monday, friends. I'm so glad to have Jamie Cook back on the show for a part two, a continuation of last week's episode, talking about enjoying summer with teens and tweens. I launched this podcast in the fall of 2017, and I love thinking about how the longtime listeners of 3 and 30 have children who are growing up right alongside mine. The tips that worked for summers with my kids five years ago do not work so well with them now, and maybe some of you are feeling the same way. Maybe you're a little panicked about summer break with your tweens who are no longer interested in summer camps and theme days. This conversation with Jamie will help you feel inspired to manage your expectations around summer with older kids home all day, and will give you some ideas and tools for making the most of this time. And don't forget that in connection with this series of episodes all about managing summer with kids out of school— We are crowdsourcing an episode with contributions from you, the listeners of 3 and 30 We want to bring together all of our favorite mom hacks for summer. So if you have a favorite strategy for making the most of summertime with your kids, please record it as a voice memo and email it to me. This can be a tip that's big or small about summer cooking, road tripping, scheduling, navigating sibling fighting, celebrating holidays, getting kids to do their chores, whatever. Anything that you think might make another mom's life a little bit easier this summer. We will compile these voice memos into an episode that will air on the show in June. You can record a voice memo on your phone. Most phones just come with this app pre-installed, and then email it to hello at 3 podcastcom by Sunday, May 29th. You can include as much or as little personal information as you'd like to, and a quick one to two minute tip is what we're looking for. I can't wait to hear from you. With no further ado, let's get started with the episode. This is Summertime with Teens and Tweens. Here we go. Jamie, welcome back to 3 and 30
0: Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Well, I re-aired your episode that we recorded four years ago. I re-aired it last week, as you know, and as I was listening to it and preparing it, I thought we have got to have Jamie on for the next chapter of this story because kids change a lot in four years and I'm guessing that your tips and strategies for having the best summer ever are a little bit different in your current phase of life. Is that accurate, would you say?
0: Oh, my gosh. Could that even be more accurate? It's funny because when you asked me to come back on, I was like, you know, Rachel, I don't feel like I have anything. I don't have any ideas. I don't have anything to contribute here. I feel like I need someone else to be doing the podcast teaching me tips (laughs) for teens and tweens. But I am really grateful for the opportunity to do this because I I decided to like phone a friend. And by phone a friend, I mean phone – five or six friends who are my mm. my motherhood mentors sort of, and we had some great conversations and together we came up with, I hope, what will be some really helpful takeaways.
1: Well, good. And I think so often it's very true that we do know what our kids need. Mm-hmm. The question is, do we sit down and think about it and figure it out or do we just keep going with our busy lives the way they are? So an opportunity mm-hmm. like this gives you the chance to sit down and think, okay, what do I know? about what works with my teens and tweens and how do I want my summer to go. You know, that's why I benefit so much from this podcast is it forces me to get deliberate about the kind of mom I want to be.
0: It really is so true. It gave me that second to just like really pause. And the funny thing is when I chatted with some of these friends, we all actually had all the exact same takeaways without Mm -hmm. even talking to each other about it. So I'm like, okay, I think we're all on the same page here.
1: Yeah. So if it's been confirmed by multiple women, then yes. there's gotta be something to it. So That's right. Well, good. Before we get into the episode, you have a really great metaphor that you've shared with me about the difference between being a mom of teenagers and a mom of little kids. Can you just start by giving us this metaphor that kind of sets up these takeaways?
0: Yeah, you know, it's been such a interesting transition coming from these little kids, and I was like loving this stage of life with my younger kids, and now I'm kind of like straddling this new stage. And I look at it as I used to be sort of like the cruise director. I was in charge of making all of the decisions. I was the one driving the boat. And now I realize I am the lighthouse. And my job is to sort of keep the light on and stay grounded. And my kids are these boats that are coming and going. And they're coming and going through the harbor, going every which way. And I stay put and I keep the light on and Mm. I'm more like the beacon. I'm not so much as the boat driver anymore, even though I do still do a lot of driving. I am an Uber driver still, but having this (laughs) visual of understanding like, okay, my role here is a little bit different than it used to be helps me have less resistance to some of the hard things about this current stage of life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And tell us what the ages of your kids are right now. So my oldest is
0: 15. He's going to be a sophomore next year. And then I have a 12-year-old and I have a 10 and a 7-year-old.
1: Okay, great. And I can say my oldest is 10, as you know, Noah. And he even I would consider a tween. He's at a different phase. His summer needs to look different this year Mm -hmm. than in the past. And I've had to think about he's no longer excited about going to summer camps while I work so I'm going to have to figure out how we can keep him active and engaged at home. And still I can get some work time. Sally will probably still go to some of those fun summer camps with friends because she's into that, but it's just a new phase and whatever age your kids are at, 10 and above, I'd say, I think these takeaways will be really helpful. And then for those younger kids, going back to that episode that we re-aired last week, I think is really, really helpful with some of those tips. So what is your first takeaway for how to have a great summer with teens and tweens?
0: Okay. So so my first takeaway is to manage expectations. Uh, We talked about this in the last episode I did, which was so crazy that it was four years ago. But the first thing is just to like realize that there is going to be this adjustment period to summer and there's some like growing pains at the beginning of summer. You got to kind of like learn how to like ease your way into that. So one of my good friends said that what she does is she actually gives her teens and tweens. The first week of summer is just lazy week of summer. And they're coming off of finals week and end of year stuff and projects. And we're, I mean, we're all exhausted, right? May is like the new December, as they say. And it's just a crazy time. And so to give yourself and the kids a free pass, like, okay, the first week of summer, you can sleep in as late as you want. You can stay up late. You can stay in your pajamas till noon. You can watch TV. You can be lazy. Don't have a lot of chores. And kind of like pre-program that. And then my friend says basically what she's experienced is that by the end of that really gross, sort of slovenly lazy week, They're kind of actually ready for a little bit of structure Mm. the following week, but it just gives everyone a little bit of a grace period.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to just give them a little bit of time to unwind, but with the caveat, like this is not going to last the entire summer.
0: No, we're going to lean
1: in for a week. And then next week, we're really going to put some routines or some flow, some rhythms as we talked about in your last episode into place.
0: Yes, exactly. And going along with managing expectations, I phoned another friend, my friend Rosia, who is pretty much, you know, my idol. Like if I could be like anyone when I grew up, it would be Rosia. And she is just a couple of years ahead of me in the parenting game. And I don't think there's many moms that are as cool as Rosia. But when I asked her about her tips for summer, the very first thing she said was, lower all expectations of kids ever wanting to hang out with you and don't take it personally. And I just cracked up and I'm like, Rosia, if your kids don't want to hang out with you and you're like the cool mom, then really there's no hope for the rest of us. But I think going along with the whole idea of managing expectations, like instantly when she told me that, it just lifted this burden for me. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is very, very normal teenage behavior that mm-hmm. my kids it's just not the stage of life where they want to do everything with their mom anymore. And that's okay. And that's normal. And as soon as we can set that new expectation, we will just generally have better results in our relationship and throughout the summertime.
1: Yeah. And that caveat that she mentioned about don't take it personally, I think is really, really important to just stay in that good mindset of – they don't mean anything by this. They want to be with their friends and it's normal and it's okay. And they still love me. And we're still going to plan times for them to come back and reconnect, which I know you're going to get to later in the episode, but to sort of let them be their cruise ship. And I can be the beacon that they always come back to on the shore, but I don't have to be involved in every little thing anymore with them.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: And how do you manage your expectations for your teenagers in the summer as far as like what they will contribute to the house and chores and all of that.
0: Yeah, that's such an important one. And like we're a team and I am not going to just clean up after everyone all summer long. That's not going to end up being a good summer for me. That's for sure. So I definitely want to have my kids contributing. And I found that with my kids, if we can manage their expectations of what's expected of them – they will rise to those expectations so much better. So one thing that we do is like, I try and give my kids just like a post-it note or a list of their chores the night before, or I'll have it sitting out on the kitchen counter, like first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this works really well, especially for my 15 year old son. He is like, I just, I want to know what I need to do so that I can plan my life and get on with my fun activities and and other stuff I want to do. And I think one of the things that creates the most hostility is when it's kind of like okay, one more thing. Can you also take out the garbage? Oh, and one more thing. I forgot I need you to weed that patch in the garden, you know. And and so I can give him a list. That's a fairly extensive list, and he'll do fine with it. He just wants it spelled out for him so it's like very clear so he can be sort of the master of his own fate.
1: Mm-hmm. so he knows the expectations he's managing exactly. his own expectations yeah exactly that. yeah I recently read the book Fair Play by Eve rodsky mm. that's all about dividing household labor it's talking about with your partner not with your kids but one of the acronyms that she mentioned in the book that men hate she said a lot of men hate <laughs> is uh randomly assigned tasks which are mm. called <laughs> which she called rats randomly assigned tasks <laughs> And it was a similar thing where she talked about like out in advance, who's doing what, so that tasks don't seem randomly assigned to, you mm, know, like do this, do that. And I think that that very much is true for our older kids as well. They don't want to be ordered around with randomly right. assigned tasks. So giving it to them the night before so that they can kind of mentally prepare themselves, I think is a really brilliant idea.
0: And it's nice too, because when it's all written down and that's like the routine that your family's used to, then it takes you out of the role of being a nag, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate because who really likes to be a nag?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no longer you forcing them. It's just kind of the list is for them to do it. They know what's expected. That makes a lot of sense. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's Sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Faraday brand, the highest quality clothing with a laid back feel. Have you ever noticed how every year in April and May, people talk about fake spring and how difficult it is to dress around this time? That's because it's true. I know in Idaho where I live at this time of year, it can be snowing when I wake up and hot and sunny by the afternoon. Yes, we honestly had snow here last week. So for those of you who are already well into 80 degree days, I am jealous. Luckily, Faraday makes this way easier because they make the perfect clothes for all seasons. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. Recently, I was so excited to see the beautiful Everly top was on sale, and I got the Wildwood Vines print, which makes me feel sophisticated yet effortless for a date night or a lunch out with my friends. My favorite thing about Faraday is that they are so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. Talk about making it easier to get dressed. And right now, Faraday is giving all 3 and 30 listeners 20% off, 20% off. Head to faradaybrand.com slash 3 30 and use code 3 30 at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code 3in30 at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, brand.com slash 3in30 for 20% off. Faradaybrand.com slash 3in30. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I want to start off by reading you an email that I received from a mom in Idaho. This mother writes, Hi, Rachel. I wanted to tell you that my husband and I both signed up for BetterHelp, and it has really helped us both a lot. We love the text message option, and we talk to our counselors throughout the week. It's so convenient. The live sessions are really nice also. What an amazing company, and we never would have found it without 3 and 30 Thank you so much. Emails like that mean the world to me because I am passionate about parents getting the mental health support that they need. Life can be overwhelming, and many parents are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detached, fatigued, and more. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself this summer by talking with someone to help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. 3in30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's betterhel dot com slash 3in30. So what's your second takeaway for us?
0: All right. The second takeaway is to counsel with your kids and invite them to be part of the planning. So I have found that when my kids are, you know, when they have buy-in, when they're bought into the ideas, things are going to just go so much better than if I'm kind of the tyrant bossing everybody around. And I kind of feel like in some ways it's it's actually harder to drag my teens, to drag my son where he doesn't want to go. Versus dragging a tantruming toddler, and the reason is because a toddler you can pick up and you can put them in their car seat and buckle them yeah. in, and maybe give them a lollipop and maybe distract them. Teens, like if, if they don't want to do something, they're gonna make it miserable for everybody. And so we like to, in the ideal and I- ideal situation, it's not like this happens every week by any means, but we like to do a little Sunday planning session and just be like, okay. What's on the agenda this week? What would really matter to you this week that we do? What's important to you? And I'll, I'll talk about what's important to me, and then get something planned. Mm-hmm. So, another one of my friends, Michelle, what they do is they have a saying in their home where they say, "It's important to me that." And I love that she says this because she says, you know, for instance, she'll say to her daughter Audrey, "Hey, it's it's really important to me that this summer you study for the SAT." And her daughter will say, okay, well, it's really important to me that I get to sleep in this summer because it's my summer. And both things can be accomplished. And when there's this mutual respect and when it's like, okay, I'm going to value what's important to you, but I also want you to value what's important to me. And I have found with my teenagers that Well, I mean, Eliza's almost a teenager, right? She's almost 13. Can I count her as a teen here?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm going (laughs) to say teenagers plural then. I really think that at the root of everything is that they do want to have that mutual respect. And I think without fail, they rise to act so much better when I treat them with that kind of respect and when I invite them to share their thoughts, opinions, viewpoints, and be a part of that plan.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. And I've definitely seen that with Noah You know, at 10. He wants Mm -hmm. to say, and even for holiday breaks, sometimes we'll sit down and we'll brainstorm all the ideas of things that we could do that sound fun, but it's kind of a long list and I'm a little overwhelmed by it. And I will just ask the question, what is the most important thing to you on this list? And mm-hmm. I will kind of move heaven and earth to make that one thing happen for each mm-hmm. child, but it helps me to know exactly what you're saying. What is important to you? This all can't be important. Like what is the thing? And mm-hmm. then this is the most important thing to me and how can we make sure that both of our needs are met in this situation?
0: Oh, that's so good. And I, I, I feel like in some ways it's scary because – if they say that the most important thing to them is like going to one of those horrible fun center arcades, I'm going to be like,
1: Oh no. Yeah. Or like the most important thing is like having unlimited access to their phone or unlimited video games or social media. Like what do you do with that?
0: Yeah. There needs to be some sort of ground rules for sure. Did you ever see that movie? Um, yes. Day.
1: No, I do not want to watch it.
0: I, literally, I told my kids, I was like, I don't want you watching this movie. Don't get any ideas from this movie. We are not <laughs> going to do any of these things, just
1: for the record. My kids watch it, and they're like, hey, mom, you should watch this. And I was like, no, no way. <laughs> I'm not I'm watching like, that. We
0: are never driving through a car wash with our windows down, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still a really fun mom, right? But I'm never going to do
1: that. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, within reason, right? What yes. is most important to you within reason, I think, is really important. And that leads really well, actually, into your third takeaway as well.
0: Yes. So, my third takeaway is to make it fun. And, you know, it's so interesting. I think it used to be with my younger kids it was like okay every single week we meet up on wednesdays for playgroup at the park or you know all sorts of things like that and it's just such a transition to get into the stage of life where you're not doing those park dates anymore and and in some ways that actually can be quite isolating because quite honestly as a parent it was fun to do park dates cuz you're meeting mm-hmm. up with your friends too but I think taking a little slice of the adventure and creativity that maybe we used when we had little kids, we can take that same creativity and put it to work with our older kids. And I think it's like, okay, let's replace maybe the weekly play dates in the park with, let's say on Wednesday nights, we have friends over and we do a popcorn bar and a movie night. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we you know, kind of help organize some night games with friends or kids in the neighborhood or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or maybe instead of a weekly park day, we do a weekly pool day and we meet up with friends. And that might be a little more age appropriate or, you know, just the basic pizza and a game night. And I'm not in any way suggesting we do all of these things in a week, but Mm -hmm. just having like a regular thing to look forward to and... And bringing their friends in as part of that. And I think that's a huge way to kind of show our kids love is by including their friends in things. Because at this stage of life, their friends kind of become just as important to them as their family. Mm -hmm, So if we can bring them in and have them be a part of that, I think that that goes a long way with our teenagers.
1: Yeah. And I love that you pointed out utilizing those same skills, that same creativity that we may have used with our younger kids in the summer, but adapting it. Like you can still have a weekly tradition, but just have it be your son loves video games. Like all of the boys come over and play video games one night a week, a set night per week, and you always make them waffles or some tradition that you're doing with them. I actually love that idea. Yeah. So I guess I'm ready for a teenager, right? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) And
0: going along with the, I mean, this idea of making it fun, we love a good bucket list. And that kind of goes back to number two also with inviting them to plan, like sitting down at the beginning of summer and making a bucket list of like, okay, what are some fun things that we want to do this summer? And then also we really like calendaring it out for the whole summer. Mm. And conveniently, I happen to make these calendars where you can have the whole summer at a glance and So we always have those, and that's so fun. And all my kids of all ages, from the 15-year-old down to the 7-year-old, love being able to see, oh, in July we have that family reunion, and then, oh, we have voice camp we're going to this week, and, oh, we're going to go to the amusement park this day. It just makes it fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad that you mentioned your calendars that you make that are so cute, and parents pay for a download and then print them at your local print shop. We'll link that in the show notes. So if moms are interested in getting that. And one thing, going back to your what is most important to you question, this is exactly what I did for holiday breaks with my kids. We made a bucket list and then I asked, what's the one thing that you care about the most? And over the Christmas break, it surprised me, but I had mentioned this as an idea to them that they could host like a little kids camp for an Mm. afternoon and make money and do like Christmas crafts or whatever. And I love it. when I looked at the big list, when we looked at all the holiday ideas that we'd brainstormed, and there was a lot of really fun stuff on there. My 10 year old son said that that was the one thing that he cared the most about. And Aww, I do yeah. think that it's that age where he wants like a little bit of responsibility. He wants to make some money, but he isn't old enough to have a job yet.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things about this sort of tween stage that I have found to be pretty challenging because it's like they need a job. They need to be working, but they're too young to mm-hmm. really be working unless maybe they have a little babysitting job here or there. But I mean, with my son, I remember last summer he was 14 and and I was just like, you need to be working. And my daughter this summer, at 12 going into summer, it's like Okay. We're kind of at a stage where we're kind of over some of the fun play dates and park dates and stuff, but we're not to the age of really being able to hold a job. So I love the camp idea. We've talked about doing like a little babysitting camp yes. where you have some neighbor kids come and maybe it's just a couple of days a week for two hours and they charge $10, but that's so fun for them to be able to make some money have something to look forward to and not to mention you're doing all your neighbors and friends a favor by providing this kind of Oh for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think we did do it. We did the holiday and it's work for me, but I was willing to do it when I saw how excited he was about it and he really did a good job of planning the activities himself. He made like a little flyer <laughs> and I've thought for this summer there's some things that I would really like him to work on. He's not going to be willing to sit down and do with me like I would like him to learn about mindfulness and like emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. And I even had the thought, like, what if he taught little kids that? Like, what if I proposed like, hey, there's a lot of little kids in our neighborhood whose moms have expressed to me, that they'd like them to learn about this, which is true. I think all moms would love for their kids to learn about that. You know, would you like to research it, learn a little bit about it, and then teach these younger kids and get paid Mm. for it a little bit? And I think that might be a tricky way of getting him to learn some of the things that I'm hoping that he'll learn, if that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds like, honestly, the perfect hack right there. That's like a two for one. Yeah, and I've also encouraged him, like, You know, you're really great at Legos. Could you teach younger kids how to do that? Kind of tapping into his talents and abilities. Mm. And I think he would think that that's fun. So that's something that we'll add to our bucket list for this summer, I think.
0: Those are some really good ideas. I know my husband, when he was growing up, he and his brothers, there was four boys in their family. They would do a little basketball camp. They had a little, Mm -hmm. you know, go to a little sport court and all these little neighbor kids would come and he grew up in New Hampshire. And all these little kids would come over and they would make some actually really good money. And it was, again, worked for everybody. The parents were happy. They were happy. The kids were happy. It was just great all around.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's an idea for moms who may be needing something to fill the time with their kids. What other ideas do you have for this age of kind of filling the long days in ways that will be meaningful for them? All right, so this next
0: idea kind of – let's just like zoom forward to what becomes the dog days of summer. I think end of July where the kids are kind of getting a little funned out and it's hot, long days. I am going to pull out a little trick that I used when I was nursing babies. You probably did the same. It's like we had a special little box of toys. That uh, Hear me out for a second. I know I'm talking about little kids (laughs) and boxes of toys. This is going to apply, I promise. A special little box of toys that we'd only bring out like for the toddler when I was nursing the baby or the toys were special. They only get them at quiet time in the room or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think we can adapt that and do something similar for our older kids and have once a week there's something I pull out like a bead kit or a tie-dye kit, or a cornhole set, or a new wiffle ball and bat, or some art supplies, something like that where each week there's just something new. And it's kind of like you put the bead set out or the embroidery floss out to do friendship bracelets. And the next thing you know, like all the kids – get deep into play really. And honestly, I mean, my 15 year old son, he's strung bead necklaces. It's actually where we are. That's all the rage these days, even with the teenage boys. So I think just sort of creating that sort of like novel experience and getting their creative juices flowing in that way.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that idea that kind of a quiet time box, but for your older kids, it's like, okay, late afternoon, mom needs a break or I need to go work or whatever. And Pull out your kits and work on your thing. It could be like coding if your kid is into that. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. One of my podcast sponsors is KiwiCo, and I know they have kits for like literally every interest, engineering Mm -hmm. and cooking, all sorts of things that are kind of more independent that they can do without direct supervision from you. But that is fun and different and novel. Yeah.
0: And I mean, we we could talk for another hour, Rachel, you and I. <laughs> we could just go and go. But I know this podcast is 30 minutes. But I mean, really, the screen time thing, that could be its own episode in the summertime. But I do like to keep that to a minimum so that they can dive in and have these creative opportunities. Because otherwise, I mean, my 12-year-old, she will veg out and watch Gilmore Girls for seven hours straight,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: given the opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I feel like in our last episode, you mentioned, and I want to reiterate here, that a little deliberate use of screen time is good. It's fantastic. It's totally fine to be like, they watch a movie in the afternoon while I get work done, or they have their video game time or whatever. I think it's helpful for my kids if they know when the screen time is going to be. So that they're not just asking for it all day long. If they just kind of know that like we don't do any screens until later in the day and then you have the set block, whatever's reasonable for your family, and then you turn it off and you're done. I think that that's really helpful for my kids.
0: Yeah, I I think that's so true. And I know we did touch on this in the other episode that mostly I just don't like to start the day with it because my kids brains go to mush and they just veg out and then they become really ornery the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But I am all about it. Later in the day, and it's saving grace sometimes for sure. But I am trying to figure out how in the world to navigate 12, 14, 16 hour summer days and like Mm -hmm. what is a good balance of screen time. And I don't really know the answer. And I think it's different for every family.
1: Yeah. And you're right. I probably need an episode on that. So (laughs) you've you've given me an idea that I'll have to bring in some expert
0: who can tell us what to do.
1: Yes, absolutely. And then, just before we wrap up, we've talked about making it fun and having expectations for them. But I know it's also really important to you as a mom, to me, and to all the moms listening that we also connect with them and that we don't lose that one on one time, that like loving time that we had with our littles. Can we still get that with our teens? And if so, how? Yeah,
0: I think it's so important because sometimes teens can be a little bit prickly and cold and they seem like they don't like you, but really they need our love and our attention just as much, if not more, than some of the other kids that feel a little bit easier to love at times. And I love in the end book, The Entitlement Trap, they talk about uh, I love you time and having 10 minutes a day of just like really one-on-one time with your kids. And, I, you know, this is challenging, right, especially for working parents But I found with my older kids, giving them, you know, 10 minutes of time scratching their back at night when I'm tucking them in or just even sitting next to my son when he's, you know, on his phone making a video edit or something and being like, hey, show me what you're doing. That's so cool. I think that goes a long way in having that connection with them. My mom is constantly recommending this book. I have yet to read it. I need to read it. It's called How to Hug a Porcupine and it's by mm-hmm. Lund. Anyway, and I always think about that, that title, How to Hug a Porcupine. It seems very apropos. It's about you know raising teenagers. And sometimes <laughs> they do feel a little cold and prickly to uh, give that love to, but they need that love and connection. And I think when we give that to them, our relationship is going to improve and grow, and it's going to help us have a really good summer with our teenagers.
1: Mm, I hope so. And I love the manageable idea of just making sure it happens for at least 10 minutes a day. That feels doable to me. Yeah. And we can we can plan that into our summers. I also have a couple of really great episodes on this with Sarah and I are loosely about how to connect with your teens and one with Brooke Romney. So I'll link those in the show notes if you just want some more ideas of how to continue with that more tender connection time, even as they get older, we'll put that in the show notes. And this has been so helpful. I'm really grateful to you for being willing to come on four years later and give us an update on where you're at with your family systems and with your kids. You're just so relatable, so full of practical ideas. And if listeners want to learn more from you, where can they do that?
0: Well, first of all, Rachel, thank you so much for having me on. I love your podcast. Well, thank um,
1: you. Yeah. People
0: can find me over at Wander and Scout on Instagram and also run another page with my friend Shannon called 8-Minute Classes. And we're taking a little break from that right now, but you can go delve into all sorts of past classes we've done on just every topic imaginable, including some great classes on summer fun ideas with kids and whatnot. So
1: yeah, find me at Wander and Scout or 8-Minute Classes. All right. Great. And we'll link your calendars as well. And we're just so grateful to have you on 3 and 30. Thanks, Rachel. I'm so grateful to Jamie for continuing this conversation with me about summertime success as our children get older. I love how she reached out to other moms that she looks up to as she gathered her takeaways, and that's what we're hoping our crowdsourced episode will be like: a compilation of all the best takeaways from the 330 community of listeners. So don't forget to submit yours to hello at 3and30podcast.com by this Sunday. To recap, here are Jamie's three takeaways for making the most of summertime with teens and tweens. First, manage your expectations. Remember there is always a learning curve in the first couple of weeks of summer, and consider having that first week be a lazy week. Also, I loved her point to lower all expectations that your older kids will ever want to hang out with you. (laughs) And don't take it personally. Second, counsel with your kids and invite them to help you plan so that they have buy-in. And maybe this will help them want to hang out with you a little bit. Try using the phrase, it's important to me that, then give them the chance to voice what's important to them this summer. Creating this mutual respect will help you have shared goals. And third and finally, make it fun. Take a slice of the adventure and creativity you may have had when your kids were younger and put it to use planning fun stuff for your older kids to do with their friends. Using a calendar or bucket list can be a great idea for planning, which Jamie has created and I will link in the show notes. As my children have gotten older, I typically ask them during holiday or summer breaks, what is the one thing that matters most to you? And I move heaven and earth to make it happen. We can't do everything that they want to do all the time, but we can do one thing. My friends, as we wrap up, I want to reiterate the lighthouse metaphor Jamie used to describe her role as her children are growing up, because I loved it so much. Jamie said, I used to be like the cruise director. I was the one in charge of making all the decisions and driving the boat. Now, I'm the lighthouse. My job is to keep the light on and stay grounded, and my kids are these boats that are coming and going through the harbor, and I stay put and keep the lights on. I'm more like the beacon. Yes, as parents, we are the beacons for our families, and our kids need our steady presence, guidance, and love this summer. We can do this. As always, please remember I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.